Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences as well as current and long-term goals and what gets them through the ups and downs. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, and if you don't already, follow my Instagram account at jparkerfitlife for actionable tips daily to live a healthier lifestyle. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the What's Your Story podcast. This is Jake Parker. My guest today is Nick Krantz. He's back on for a second time. Uh, had him on a couple months ago. Really resonated with a lot of the things he had to say. Thought we vibed and had a lot of good things to talk about. One of the things that I noticed that we most had in common is that Nick talked about the fact that he really struggled uh, being a skinny kid, you know, in his younger years, teenage years. And that was the same thing for me. And we talked about how we both practiced a lot of things for a number of years that we found later to be ineffective. And so I thought that it would be useful today to talk about that. Some of the things that we've learned over the years, some of the things that are beginner's mistakes that we experience or that we see people um, doing incorrectly these days. So Nick, you want to go ahead and say hi? Yeah, Jake, thanks for having me on again. That's, that's awesome. I do I did have a great time last time we were on. And, uh, you know, this, this topic is super, super important because, you know, for the last couple of years now, fitness is becoming so big and popular with, uh, you know, people want to get in shape and, you know, there's so much information out there. Like, how do you sift through it? Or what can I do? What should I do? Should I follow this plan? Yada, yada, yada. And there's so mm -hmm. much with the good, there's so much just garbage. And, and I, you know, we've, we've touched base on that before. And it's like, where do you start and what mistakes can you avoid mm -hmm. from the people that have already made those? So this is where we can discuss, you know, the mistakes that, we made or what we, you know, wish we could have known when we started. And now here we are living and learning. Yeah. It's def definitely the most, the most useful part I think is just, you know, you, you can't really pinpoint all the things that are commonly, you know, going wrong out there. You can try, but I think the best way to approach it is just like we're doing now, just talk about the things that we used to struggle with and the sort of hills that we've overcame. And I think that's a good place for people to start. Right. And, you know, everybody, there is no one size fits all and everything, you know, that you do might be different and work mm -hmm. for somebody, somebody else that they do. So, but the whole generalization of, you know, fitness, there's a lot of things that really do fit the category of, okay, definitely this is a mistake mm -hmm. and definitely this is a good thing to go to. So that's where we can decipher what's good and what is bad. Yeah. And so just to get started there, something you said was, you know, the fact that there's so many different ways to do it. I think that one of the biggest mistakes I made for a number of years was just being really rigid. I thought that there was a certain number and type of exercises that I had to do and had to perform a certain way. And that was the only way to go. Uh, I would, you know, kind of scoff at people that would do different exercises than me, or maybe like we're doing classes or different forms of exercise. <laughs> right, uh, right. I just never saw the value. Whereas now, like I, I never pass up the opportunity to try out like a class or something like that. That's a little bit different from the way I normally work out, which is normally just your typical weightlifting and stuff like that. But I, I definitely see the value now more so in changing things up. And the fact that, you know, like they say, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Absolutely. And it's like people, you know, just have to start, just get into something mm -hmm. and try something. If you don't like, you know, yoga, if you don't like uh, orange theory. If you don't like strength mm -hmm. training, there's something out there for you to get involved with fitness. But I do understand and know what you're saying because you'd be like, why would they, why would they want to go to that class in the mm -hmm. gym? Like, because 
the only thing that you were accustomed to was, oh, I go to the gym. It is chest day. Okay, tomorrow's mm -hmm. back day. Exactly. I might do legs. And it's like there's no – at that point, there's no structured plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's, that's a big thing is not having a structured plan because, you know, a lot of people are used to, whether it's following, you know, a lot of people on Instagram or just from, you know, almost old school, like magazines, mm -hmm. like, because, you know, a lot of people do bro splits and no, you know, no offense. It's just not me, but you know, I believe in two to three times per week hitting each muscle group is, yep. is the best. So a lot of people are so used to just annihilating instead of stimulating. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting the best bang for their buck. As I transitioned out of, you know, high school and college sports, it was bro splits. Cause I'm like, yeah, I can finally yeah, do what I want. You know, I could do mm -hmm. chest today. And I, you know what? I think I might do a little bit of chest tomorrow too, because mm -hmm. you know, CT Fletcher told me overtraining is overrated. So I was mm -hmm. so keen on trying to destroy my body that I was sore from Monday to the following Monday yep. and just and annihilating just, my body. Yeah. And it just didn't feel right. Like you felt like you were guilty if you weren't sore, you know what I mean? And that's another step. Oh, to take. Absolutely. There's a lot of ways to progress. It's not just physically feeling the effects all the time. Right. And it's, I, you know, I love CT and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the big guys are on some, some extra special mm -hmm. sauce so mm -hmm. they can do the overtraining. And uh, here I am just, trying to weasel my way through doing chest and tries and then trying doing a little bit of chest with back. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why, why? I feel like, I feel like I'm hitting a plateau or maybe my, my chest is a little sore. Now my elbows are hurting. Now I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just getting old, but I'm like, I'm not smart training. And I, I don't know any better because who am I following? Who am I putting in front of me? Which yeah. was CT, Mike Rashid and the guys that are just, just absolutely enormous. Mm -hmm. And I can do that. So the moment I realized that, there are different training splits. Um, and if you stick to one, you know, for at least four weeks, if not more, you know, eight to 12, you will see results mm -hmm. as long as you focus on, you know, just getting stronger. You know, we always talk about progressive overload. Just, just get stronger, add a rep, add weight, push mm -hmm. yourself a little stronger or a little harder every time you get into the gym. And I promise the results will come. Mm -hmm. So yeah, going off that, what are, what type of training splits are you doing right now? And how do you like to track your progressive overload? Because obviously once you've been doing it for a while, it becomes a lot harder to add another five pounds or 10 pounds once those loads start getting heavier. So, mm -hmm. you know, manipulating well, volume like that. Yeah. So for a while I was doing upper lower, um, I was doing upper lower strength. Wednesday was almost like a fun day of hit your favorite, you know, body part just to kind of mm -hmm. lagging body part type um and then thursday friday was the hypertrophy upper lower so then for a month i did a full body split monday wednesday friday along with but the thing is i on tuesday and thursday with with cardio i i wanted to throw in some other things so i, I was mm -hmm. kind of throwing myself off but i really did enjoy hitting legs first and then going to upper body because i was my cns was so ignited that mm -hmm. i I was like already warmed up and I was, I was ready to go, but yeah. I'm back to doing upper lower. Um, you know, I had that setback with the injury. So, so I'm, I'm figuring out some things right now, mm -hmm. but, uh, I really do enjoy the upper lower. It's worked for me. Um, I, you know, I can't say that works for everybody else. I know people yeah. that do gross splits. They love it. They do push pull legs. They love it. It's just what works for me, what works for my routine, my schedule, you know, mm -hmm. and that that's just what works best. And I really do enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, so I'm curious why the, the thing that I've always had a problem with, well, not a problem with necessarily, but I've always just been unsure about with the upper lower split is just, 
as you know, there's seems to be so many more lifts you you do with your upper body. And so what kind of lifts are you doing when you, when you split that up? So then since I, I train in my basement, so I have, you know, the power rack, I have a multi-purpose machine with two cables on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, the dumbbells going from five to a hundred. So I, I got a, a good foundation of everything I need. So mm-hmm. there's no excuse to get to the gym. I just walk downstairs, get your mind right and go. So my main lifts on, you know, the, the chest days are, or whether it's bench or incline, um, you have some shoulder press, uh, you have your back rows or dumbbell rows, and then your pull-ups um, weighted and regular, but then mm-hmm. you mix in, you know, all the other isolation movements. Um, and then along with the, the lifts are shorter on leg day because usually, mm-hmm. well, especially on the uh, strength day, because you have, whether it depends on the, the phase, but you're talking squats, deadlifts, you have some uh, glute bridges, and then uh, some heavy RDLs. So uh, it, it depends, because then hypertrophy, those days go a little longer, because mm-hmm. more lifts, more reps. Um, but definitely, I have to remind myself that uh, warming up is key. Um, yeah. that's, an, that's another thing, uh, along mm-hmm. with uh, things you remember that a, a, not just stretching two to three times uh, or like a muscle for a minute, you need to really have, go through a dynamic warm to get your body mm-hmm. right. Otherwise, you can get injured. So, like I said, maybe, maybe that's why I got hurt. You never know. But yeah. uh, are, you, are you always going? Are you familiar with RPE, like rate of perceived exertion? Yeah, are you going yeah, to yeah. like a high RPE every time you lift, whether it's hypertrophy or strength, or do you kind of limit yourself, or do you high one day of the week, lower another day of the week? It's all, it's all dependent on how you feel, honestly, because, you know, there's days like, you know, there's days you feel like you are, you know, hitting the dumbbells or, you know, the bench real nice. And then the next mm-hmm. week you come back and you're like, well, maybe I didn't sleep well. Maybe my, mm-hmm. my nutrition was off for a couple of days. And, but I think the mindset I'm still trying to get out of is that every day I won't be at my max because mm-hmm. as bad as you want to be, you know, at your max or if you're not feeling it, because, you know, three to four times out of seven days, you're not going to be feeling top notch mm-hmm. and you kind of got and, and, and you got to get over it. Yeah. Um, but I do uh, like my, my reps for a lot of the heavier stuff and even the hypertrophy for the main lifts are uh, rep max. So my sets can go anywhere from four to seven, eight, depending on until I finally reach my four or five, 10, 12 rep max. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that that comes also with a mindset, uh, to really push it. Um, and then there's days where you do want to leave one to two in the tank without overdoing it. Yeah. And so just, just, uh, to clarify in case anyone's kind of feeling lost with the strength hypertrophy, uh, type difference, basically, um, when, when you've got a lot of the beginner gains out of the way that you can kind of get from doing similar lifts for similar reps for a certain period of time, you, a lot of guys tend to go to where they train strength for lower reps one day and then hypertrophy, which is higher reps for another day. And hypertrophy essentially is just muscle volume and shape. I would say, would you pretty much agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking, you're really trying to hone in on definition of a muscle and there's more, it's more stress on instead of, you know, really trying to gear up your CNS and Mm -hmm. pull the weight for the strength. You're trying to define the muscle more so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes to another one of the things that I wrote down earlier when I was thinking about, you know, when I, when I was in the beginner to intermediate stage, I definitely was a lot of time not training correctly. 
And what I mean by that is like, you said it right there. Some, there is some lifts, like the bigger compound lifts, squat, bench, deadlift, you are really pretty much focused on moving the weight. But I never really quite realized the importance of really training the muscle and, you know, trying to emphasize those muscle contractions. Mm -hmm. No, you know, no matter what it was like a lateral raise or a tricep push down or whatever, I was always trying to push as much weight as I can, which oftentimes would lead me to using improper form. I'm sure you ran into that before as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I have it written down. I mean, the, the training with proper form over training with weight that mm-hmm. just comes with the whole, uh, I'm in the gym. I have to look good. Mm-hmm. I have to look like I know what I'm doing. You are really just, just uh, paralyzing yourself from moving forward because you're focusing on more of your ego and not Mm -hmm. focusing on, well, I need to start somewhere and I need to, whether it's bench or squat, because there are people that are going to the gym, they'll put on 135 on the bar or squat, you know, and they'll do, you know, their 10 reps to warm up. Then all of a sudden they put on 225 and they do three when their program said they were supposed to do, you know, 10 to warm up, then do eight, eight, six, but then they, Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, flunk out with three, three and two, all because they wanted to impress somebody mm-hmm. like you're missing the point. And then at, in the same rate, you, you are missing the whole contracting the muscle. That's the whole mind muscle connection, which is huge because you don't, you're, you're focusing more on pushing the weight, like you said, mm-hmm. and not contracting the muscle. Cause then you really don't know what you're trying to squeeze and your mind's all out of whack. And you're like, am I even doing this right? I don't feel yeah. it. Well, why don't, why don't you feel it? Because well, you're doing it incorrectly and you're not using the proper weight for your body at that point. So stop swinging the weight, check yourself. And it's always, you know, check your form over, over the weights. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's form really tough, weights. but kind of like you said there, you got to leave your ego at the door. You know, you don't always have to push the most amount of weight or, you know, it, no one is impressed. I don't think, I think that we can all attest that we're not looking at the weight other people are pushing in the gym for the most part. It's not, you know, you're there just to better yourself. You're not to impress anyone you're there to impress anyone. You'd hope that'd be the case. Yeah. <laughs> You'd hope yeah. that'd be the case. Uh-huh. Unless some, some dude's pushing like six bills and you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Good for you. But you know, I, I can't do that right now. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm proud of you. I'm not going to go up there and step up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think another big point, um, I don't know if this was for you, but for me, I think since I kind of got behind the eight ball and didn't start training till I was probably a freshman in, in, uh, well, it was middle school at the time mm-hmm. because I did, I, I skateboarded my whole life, but I thought that supplements were just God, you know, oh, yeah. I was, I'm, I was behind the eight ball and I'm like, how can I catch up? Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, even as I got older, I thought, you know, having tribulus T boosters, uh, mass gainers, all that. Mm-hmm. And especially protein shakes, I thought would override everything else. Right. So I'd, I'd be training, you know, training hard and, you know, learning and, you know, getting my, getting my newbie gains. And I'm like, okay, this, you know, this is, this is working, but what can I do to take myself to the next level? And, you know, people in my ear saying, Oh, do, you know, you do this. And I'm like, okay. So at that point, your mindset goes, okay, I was working hard without it. You didn't even know that was, you know, introduced yet, but now that it's introduced, like, do I really have to even work as hard as I was before mm-hmm. now that I have this supplement with all this, with all the, you know, the studies coming out that they don't do much unless they're legit, legit like gear. And then you don't need that. But like, and especially with the protein powders, like I took that and what I thought, and I, I, you know, people ask me questions. I'm sure you get the same thing. Like, 
is it is it almighty all god like at that point yeah i, I really did i really mm-hmm. did think it was and i didn't know anything about calories or my daily caloric yeah. intake or anything and i would i would override that with food and i wouldn't eat you know and i'd probably only average you know whether it was 1500 2000 calories a day mm-hmm. looking back and i missed out on so much of what i could have attained because i've just i didn't know i, didn't, I just didn't yeah. know any better I used to, I used to feel like I'd get like really bad anxiety if I wouldn't like get my protein in right away. Cause you know, there was the whole myth of the anabolic window, which has been proven to be somewhat of a thing, but a very, very mm-hmm. minor thing in the grand scheme of things. And I just always felt like, you know, the second I finished my workout, I had a down that protein shake. And it's just so weird looking back because like you said, once you are able to discover like macronutrient and especially calorie balance, it all sort of falls into place. And what's really empowering is you realize the, um, I guess like the reason behind the supplements, like, yeah, they can Mm -hmm. all work, but there's probably a more efficient way to do what they do from natural things like real food and stuff like that. And just realizing that, you know, no supplement is truly necessary. No, no. And like a lot of people, um, want to understand is, you know, they, they are supplements to supplement your mm-hmm. diet and not, you know, shooting us messages or emails saying what's the best supplement to take for muscle gain or mm-hmm. what's the best supplement. It's, it's whole food. It, it's a great nutrition plan. It's a great uh, workout routine and you follow that consistently and, you know, maybe things will take off for you. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, don't look for the shortcut because the shortcut will get you right back to where you started. And then you're just going to be yo-yoing yourself down the road. And then you're going to be five years later thinking, man, I should have bought uh, so-and-so supplement, you know, mm-hmm. just waste, wasting money. Cause a lot of stuff, th- a lot of stuff is just rebranded. Yeah. Same sub, and, same supplement, same ingredients. Mm-hmm. And you're just wasting time, wasting dollars. Yeah. And just like a lot of things, you know, you could, you could talk about a lot of things that are just really powered by advertising and marketing and supplements are, you know, right up there, king of all that stuff because they, they have these pictures of people that, Oh, they took the supplement and they made this change. Is that true on a baseline? Yeah, it might be true. They might have been taking that supplement in addition to completely overhauling their training and diet, which they left out that part. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's marketers are going to try to manipulate you to buy those products. And I think that, especially one of the biggest ones out there is pre-workout and with stuff like that you can almost feel like you know you don't want to go to the gym without your pre-workout and Mm -hmm. i think that's a trap that people fall into that's definitely where i have been at times too um you know you you just get used to that stimulation and then you know you're, you're essentially just throwing money down the drain at that point when you're using that much of any supplement and feeling reliant on it right and that is a big thing because i do know people that won't go to the gym because they, don't, they didn't have their pre-workout because they think that their workout won't be efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be days, a lot of days that you don't feel like going to the gym, but how many times you almost forget that feeling of, I didn't want to go. And then you're in the middle of your workout and you, you're just so in the zone. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Like I did it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish it because I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. It's and one of those things it, where you almost always feel better in the middle or afterwards. I mean, just it, without, without exception. Absolutely. And it's, it's the point of just getting there. And then, you know, whether it, you need stimulants or not, once you get there and you start, you, you're golden and, uh, get that blood flowing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, something else I'm curious about that you said there is, uh, just talked about eating whole food, eating nutritious food, something that I've come to realize lately, you know, as I come, uh, I like to think I'm coming full circle on a, th- a lot of things where, 
you know, I first discovered calorie tracking and macro tracking. And obviously someone who hasn't, you know, emphasized that before can see a lot of really great results from that because that's essentially uh, the basis of your body physiologically gaining muscle or losing fat, you know, whatever your emphasis is. But now that I have a grip on it, I've come to terms. I've, I've tried to emphasize more of just eating whole nutritious foods while still staying within my calories, but realizing that what you eat uh, has a little bit more importance than I would have liked to think before when I was doing more like hmm. if it fits your macros type stuff. Well, for me, I mean, the if it fits your macros can work for people that, it, that know what they're doing because mm-hmm. if it fits your macros, if I go and say, oh, I, I have you know, hundred grams of carbs left. Oh, I'm way behind. So maybe I should just, uh, go eat three pop tarts and then, uh, maybe make, I don't know, a, like a, a yogurt that I just found mm-hmm. because those that think, Oh, this is easy. And then they start to realize that it, it's not that easy to, if it fits your macros, mm-hmm. but the whole, the whole nutrition, nutritious food, whether it's 80, 20, 90, 10, you know, 60, 40, you name it, wherever you're at, wherever you're comfortable with your, your body and your goals, it's that, you will realize that that will take you much farther following that consistently mm-hmm. than, than anything else. Um, as long as you keep your cat, like you said, once you realize you put your calories in check and then you start below that and then you break it down to the protein, the fats, the carbs. Okay. Calories are always king, but if you want your body composition to kind of change a little bit and tweak mm-hmm. it how you want, how you want to tweak it, then that's when, you know, the macros come into play. So it's, I know people think it's a nuisance, Mm-hmm. whatever to track some some do some don't but if you want to kind of work for something and sculpt your body a little differently than you than it has in the past then you kind of got to learn something mm-hmm. or and so um like you said the more you're aware of it the more you practice it yes you'll get better at it so it's like where do you move forward from there you 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 whether you hire somebody or that you know you just do it yourself and mm-hmm you do it consistently. I promise you, you will, you will get the results that you were looking for. Um, whether it's sooner, whether it's later, but you'll understand your body more. So, uh, off that, what is your uh, nutrition like right now? Do you eat a lot of similar meals? Are you still tracking calories closely or just kind of more intuitively? It's a little bit of both. (laughs) I'd Mm -hmm. say, um, I probably, I, I am like set at a calorie uh, intake, a da- calorie daily intake, but I'd say I eat so much of the similar meals. I pretty much mm-hmm. know what I'm eating. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I know my wife doesn't like that, but I, it's almost like I, I eat like the small meals I can when I'm, when I'm by myself. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, you know, switch it up for dinner for the family, but I've, I, I just love eating the same meals. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like I, mm-hmm. I love it that way. If, if I change maybe a, uh, a topping or a dressing, like I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I did it. Like it's, yeah. it's changed. Yeah. It, it, uh-huh. But it's like, it's so eat. It's, it's just the way I like it. That's, that's just mm-hmm. the way I like it. How about yeah, I'm you? kind of the same way, but more so like with just foods in general, where like, I'd say there's probably a dozen foods I eat very frequently like for carbs, a lot of rice, bananas are always a good fruit, maybe a couple other fruits, bananas, uh, meat, I'll eat a lot of meats, either usually beef, pork or chicken, and then eating fats like olive oil, nuts, stuff like that, Uh, a lot of oatmeal. 
you know, protein powder. I just have like a staple of a dozen or so foods that I like to eat and I'll kind of switch and switch and mix and match with them. And something mm-hmm. that I've come to realize that's useful when you talk about tracking is I'm, I'm like you, it's sort of intuitive and sort of still, I, I shoot for a goal every day that I know I'm about going to hit uh, based on the foods I'm eating. But I've come to realize that it's more, you know, your body doesn't track calories on a daily basis. Your body just knows what it's constantly given. And so I kind of like to think of things on a weekly basis where, oh, I was going to have, you know, X and Y on this day, but instead I'm going to pair X with Z. And then, you know, just like switching, switching it up here and there and knowing that you're eating consistently throughout the weeks and months. Yeah, no, I, I, if, if, if it fits your macros works for you, that's great. And mm-hmm. it, it's almost a good way to start to see like, wow, okay, this, this is what calories are and whatnot. But you really, you really got to hone in on it. And you, like you said, kind of got to feel for your body and what works for you. Because when you don't, you know, eat well, you kind of don't feel <laughs> well. Because mm-hmm. after you start it and you enjoy it, then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I, I dumped this day in after day out. And I'm like, I don't, I don't feel the energy that I got from my whole foods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now I, now I'm skipping workouts. Now I, my workouts are lagging, my sleep's off. So it, it all ties into the same thing. Um, so. yeah, like, like for example, you know, you could have 200 grams of carbs from gummy bears or from rice. And it's going to be two very different feelings on your stomach, on your energy level, you know, everything like that. Uh, the other thing that was encompassed in a lot of the things you said is just consistency. So how important do you think that is? And how, how do you approach people that struggle with that? Because I think with anything in life, consistency is one of the most difficult things that we have to master. And just realizing that, especially if you're starting from a point where you're unhappy with your body, it's going to take a long time to, you know, start to make changes, but it's definitely going to be worth it. How do you approach that uh, sort of thing? Well, I just had my post about that the other day, which was, I think yesterday, actually, that, you know, people are so, uh, so bent over on being, you know, perfect. And, you know, that's, that's great, but you, you're going to drive yourself absolutely insane. You can do it for a week. You can do it for two weeks, you know, a month, but you, you will drive yourself clinically insane. And if you want to sustain your lifestyle, sustain your happiness and just, you know, still be healthy, you continue to be consistent day in and day out. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're going to fall off here and there. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, you're going to binge for days or are you getting on track the next meal? Um, mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to have your donut. It's okay. You know, if, you know, for some reason you skip a workout, then just get back on track. That's all you have to do. Just don't fall off the wheel. If you fall off the wheel, there's always a way to get back on, mm-hmm. but how long are you going to take in between breaks? Because, you know, we've all fallen off the wheel and, and that's, that's just the way life goes. But it's, it's, it's the fact of the matter that, the more consistent you are in all aspects of life, your results will come greater than if you're perfect. Okay. Cause you know, one perfect meal isn't going to make you skinny, mm-hmm. but if you're consistent, you know, over 365 days, now we're talking about some serious results, whether it's muscle gain or fat loss or just, you know, being happy. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's really what matters. And so that's why it's, you know, it's preaching to my clients how, how important it is just to be consistent, you know, well, oh, you know, this weekend, I, okay, well, what are you going to do next? Oh, uh, just get back on track. That's all you gotta yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Mm-hmm. And a good way to look at it is like, you know, if you do overeat a lot for a weekend, it's like, if you want to frame it in a positive manner, it's like, okay, work out on Monday. I'm going to be extra fueled. I'm going to get some extra reps, whatever, you know, realizing that it's not the end of the world. I think that that's another huge beginner mistake that I fell into is just 
feeling like I had to have things perfect. Like I, if I didn't have my perfect pre-workout meal, pre-workout drink, post-workout drink, it was like all the workout was wasted. But now I realize, you know, if you're talking someone who may not have time for a whole workout, like there's nothing wrong with going and getting a good set of bench in a good set of squat in, even if you can't get any additional lifts, you know, besides that, it's still something over nothing all the time, just playing back to that consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's awesome because, you know, you're still going to get your bang for your buck out of the compound lifts. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I think that's, that's a big point too, is that you're, you know, you're hitting muscle, you know, multi-muscle groups and people don't kind of understand that because they want to, yeah, they want to yeah. feel, they want to feel that burn in the biceps, mm-hmm. triceps. And, uh, you know, you could still get it done. No, no matter what, you can still get it done no matter what the time constraint. So like, like you said, consistency, get, get your butt in, get your butt out. And then, you know, that's, that's a day in and day out type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compound lifts are so important. That's something I didn't emphasize for the longest time either. When you talk about a bro split, that's usually something we are going to emphasize getting your curls in for the week, doing your, you know, accessory lifts, triceps, abs, whatever. And all that stuff can be very useful, but if you're not building up on your bench squat deadlift, those major lifts that are working multiple muscles, multiple joints at once, you're really not going to see the effects you want. I think that an interesting uh, way to frame it for someone who kind of doesn't have a grasp on it uh, that I've told someone before is, you know, if you go and work on improving your deadlift and get better at it, that's going to do, you know, worlds better for you than going and, you know, getting more bicep curls in for the week, bicep curl volume, heavier bicep curls, whatever, just improving your all around, uh, one all around lift. All right. Like if you're training for the heaviest bicep curl challenge, then by all means, do your thing and get stronger at the bicep mm-hmm. curl. But if you want overall physique, you know, health, muscles, you you want to you have to do the compound list. And that that still comes uh, to the point of they're kind of nervous to try those because you know starting out you're you're not as heavy as the people that have that are doing it in the gym or you've your friends mm-hmm. that are doing it. But you have to start somewhere and that comes with the point of comparing yourself to others. Like what, what does it matter? Who are you there for? Are you there for them? Mm-hmm. Who are you there for you to get better at yourself? Well, the only, the only way you're going to do that is just by doing it. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to realize that you're going to get this. The results are going to be superior than just doing isolations 24 seven to feel, mm-hmm. to feel the burn. Yes. Feeling the burn is great. And it's still part of a program. Absolutely. But you need the compound lifts in order to have that foundation for yourself and for yourself moving forward. Yeah. And I think an important point is just realizing that you're going to struggle at first because not only do you probably not have the strength built up, but I think that something I've learned is your muscles really figure out how to work together more. So I think if I had to break it down where like in the deadlift and other heavy compound lifts, you know, you, you don't fully working on the form and how to do it is just as important as building up the strength in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because your compound lifts will help you get stronger in other lifts because you're still working, you know, multi-muscle groups. And mm-hmm. people don't, people kind of don't understand that because you're not really feeling the burn unless mm-hmm. you're, you know, of course you're squatting or because they're used to the bicep curl, the tricep extension, the chest, you know, you're, you're feeling that, but you got to understand it. It's about, the, it's about the, the long range, not just the short game. Okay. Play the long game. I promise you the long game will always win in the long run. Yeah. And that's another reason why the 
different like um, a push pull legs or upper lower split can be more favorable because you start to kind of change your mindset from where, okay, it's back day. I'm only going to work back. Okay. Well, that's, that'd be nice if you could only isolate your back, but you know, a little bit of back might come into play on shoulders. It might come into play on legs. You know, you're doing like heavy RDLs. You're talking about chest, you know, every time you're doing chest movements, another thing that I've kind of gotten rid of is doing like front delt exercises because realizing that your chest movements are training that. And so that gives Mm -hmm. you more uh, room to work on your side delts and rear delts. And that's kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, but it's just so much more of a, I guess, an overall game as far as uh, sculpting your body than it is uh, uh, an X's and O's. Here's what you have to do. Here's what you have to train these days. You can look Mm -hmm. at it in a lot of yeah, and, and that's just that comes to the point of just having a set plan, tracking your plan, and then focusing on getting stronger. And I, like like we talked about the whole time, it's once you realize that you have your plan in place, you follow it for a set period of time. Like I said, the results will come, and that comes back to being consistent. So, believe it or not, it all ties in together. Mm-hmm. So one more question I had was something you talked about earlier was like macronutrient balance. And I've always been kind of curious, are you someone who emphasizes trying to have more of a certain macro because of the way it makes you perform? Or obviously, hopefully we all know by now that you should go high protein is always going to be a good call. But do you like to balance your fats and carbs out in a certain way? That's kind of what I was getting from what you were saying earlier, maybe. Well, it it really does depend because I do feel better with higher carbohydrate mm-hmm. uh, intake compared to fats, and that's just because I'm active and um, like I I really do like to perform well. So, protein is always super important to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love protein. I love my eggs. I love my meats. I love my fish. Um, and of course, I do take a protein supplement because. I love it. And I'm always on the go and always got stuff to do. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's great to supplement. But, uh, like I said, the days that I, I'm not really keen on tracking, but I I have my calories in check, the fats and the carbs really don't matter to me Mm -hmm. as long as I'm still not going over because I know my, my fats and carbs composition are still good. I'm not just eating garbage. Can't Mm -hmm. say garbage because I love all food, but I'm not eating, you know, towards, you know, better physique goals, so to speak, rather than yeah. just enjoying myself. So if I do want to enjoy myself, that almost like falls into if it fits your macros, but I do know, you know, my body well and what works and how I sh- will probably feel the next day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just really understanding your body. Um, and that takes time, but you know, I, I do, if, like I said, calories, number one, my protein is definitely one a, I'm always up there making sure that I'm getting my protein in for the day and then the fats and carbs will follow suit. Um, heavier leg days, you know, I'll have some extra carbohydrates to help fuel those workouts. And then otherwise everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I kind of figured that's what you meant by that. And just to kind of summarize or people don't know exactly what we're talking about as far as carbs, it's carbs are the number one source of energy essentially um, in my non-scientific view of things. And so eating more carbs, a lot of times is going to have, help you have more effective workouts and have more energy in your workouts. And so when you've kind of mastered, like Nick and I have talked about, you know, the tracking of calories, trying to add more carbs in as opposed to fats is usually helpful. Um, a good baseline for a lot of people and something I've heard before is trying to shoot for at least 200. And I know like even myself, when I've been in periods of trying to gain weight, I have no problem going up to like 500 a day if I really want to get up there and try to pack on right. a few extra pounds. 
But uh, yeah, carbs are definitely helpful in that aspect of having given giving you more energy. Absolutely, and don't don't be afraid of your carbs. Eat eat them all. <laughs> eat them all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's especially relevant just because carbs are such a trigger word in today's society, where people are all about the keto and stuff like that. It's it's you'll feel a lot better, I think, in 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 uh in my opinion, if you're eating more carbs while you're working out. Listen, God bless if you want to avoid donuts, pizza, and breads. Like mm-hmm. that's that's up to you. But I'm mm-hmm. gonna still enjoy them. I know you probably still enjoy them and enjoy absolutely. Your life. And so, um, if you really want to dial down and then that's what you want to do, but the sustainability of that is just it's just not for me and it's not for my my goals and just my performance. So. I'll stick to my donuts and pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So one last topic here as we're winding down, how do you feel about meal timing now uh, as opposed to what you, how you used to feel about it? Because I know that one of the last things I didn't touch about my beginner mistakes is that I was like the freak about having to have my meals at a certain time, not necessarily at a certain time, but you know, thinking that you're wasting gains if you didn't eat every two to three hours or something like that mm-hmm. and having to have my balanced meals all the time. Whereas now, just for an example of like my current regimen, I, I usually have like a big breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then some type of protein shake. And that's really about it because like I said, I know so much more about balancing my, my calories. So how do you feel about meal timing? Meal timing is, is one thing like for, for athletes that are, you know, high intense athletes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it could have a very good benefit for it. Like with, with our gym that we train athletes, like we do want them you know, to, to eat within an hour because, you know, they're high school kids. So they kind of forget sometimes. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of diminishes everything because they, they just struggle with eating (laughs) flat out. Like they, they, some, some of them can go like, it feels like days without eating, Mm -hmm. but the anabolic window for, for the average human, um, it, it, it's such a minuscule thing because you cannot put all your, all your eggs in that basket you know, there's, there's so much more to the bigger picture of you need to focus on daily calorie intake. Mm -hmm. If, if, if you feel like protein shake at the end of the workout within the 45 minutes is going to be the end all be all, you got to stop because it's not, um, like I said, it will have a little effect, but it's, 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 it's what you do from sunup to sundown. And then as you rest and recover. Okay. Cause that the, the anabolic window isn't going to be the, like I said, the end all be all, trump card of the whole day <laughs> the whole day at the at the end of the day what is your daily cal you know calorie intake what is mm-hmm. what is your macronutrient profile look like that's what matters most okay so right. now you got to start you got to start with the tier um and, and how you're doing it you know for that like i said for the athletes that are specific on their goals and are you know high performing athletes if it can take them to the next level then yeah for sure if they have every mm-hmm. if they have every single other box checked off then yes you know we're going to try and figure out what we can do to maximize your time and maximize mm-hmm. your physique but we need to think about what is most important it's it's the anabolic window is not um, yeah. and like you said I, I was the same way you'd have it in your bag you'd pull it out to try and look cool in the locker room mm-hmm. and when it really didn't matter because you'd probably go home and be like yeah I, I already have my protein shake I'm good for the night and mm-hmm. you're miss you're missing out on the bigger picture and then, mm-hmm. and that's what matters most. Yeah, there's such a difference. Like you said, they're talking about athletes where if you were going to, you know, prototype the average person on Instagram that's curious about building some more muscle, building a better body, you just really have to master the basics. And you don't have to be worried about a lot of the times I think people will see like, oh, I'm going to do this bodybuilder's diet and training or I'm going to do 
you know, like LeBron James's diet and exercise training. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not an athlete. You're not a professional bodybuilder. Just try to master some of the basics and then maybe manipulate it a little bit as you go on. Right. Like that being, that is a lot God given. And a mm-hmm. lot of it is, is just hard work. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, they, they were given the, the, the God given talent and they worked their tails off to achieve that elite status. Mm-hmm. So that they they do that 24 7 so they have everything mapped out for them so for the average joe and even above average joe it, it doesn't matter it's yeah where your calories at where's your macronutrient profile that's what you need to focus on more before you even think about oh i gotta i gotta get my my protein my carbs right after my workout like i said could it help yeah but the bigger picture is is far far superior as yeah. the calories yeah, I like to think profile. that that and supplements I'd put in like the top 5% if you're talking about like a pyramid of things that matter, top mm-hmm. 5 to maybe 10. Yeah, so. like you're, you're pushing it. So if, if your pyramids flip, then that's when you know that mm-hmm. your priorities are need to be reevaluated. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, it was nice. I think that's about all I have today. You want to end with some closing thoughts? I had a great time again, man. I appreciate you taking the time to get back and having me on for a second time and looking forward to, uh, you know, maybe a third. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think that's in line. Of course, of course, man. But no, it's good. And I I hope people take this, you know, to heart and kind of indulge what we had to say. And these, these are mistakes and you know, what we've learned from, Mm -hmm. you know, by experience. And at that point, a lot of people think it was the, the, the end all be all that is what we have to do to achieve our goals. And it's not, mm-hmm. there's, there's more to it. So, you know, really listen in, you know, take your notes and, you know, if you have questions, please message both of us, email both of us. We were more than, more than willing to help. Yeah. And I think that the, the last thing I'd like to emphasize is like, I'm always learning too, you know, I think a year, two, three, four, five years from now, I'll know a lot about more about physique and about all around health and fitness than I do now. You know, I think it's important to realize that you'll never truly have uh, an all-around and complete grasp. Even the, the best of the best can still learn a little bit about, you know, whether it's physique, health, whatever. Just always be open to learning new things. Absolutely. The moment you stop learning is the moment you, you start dying. I mean, you, yep. you have to continue to learn. You have to continue to push your mind because there's always more to learn, always new stuff coming out. Um, even stuff in the past that you don't even know. So mm-hmm. combine it all together, keep learning, keep educating, and, and you'll go far. Yep. All right. Well, I'll see you guys next week. And thanks again, Nick. Brother, thank you. I appreciate you. This has been the What's Your Story podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe, uh, share with family and friends, and leave me a review. I really appreciate any and all feedback. Thanks.